Welcome to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry, a collaborative podcast with Pass It On Network. Seniors deserve to have a fulfilling life with dignity and respect, but as we transition into our elderhood years, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Welcome to Senior Straight Talk, where we present informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm Phyllis Amin, your host. The show, which began in September of 2019, was formerly known as Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. The library of all of the episodes can be found on the Voice America Empowerment Channel under the new name Senior Straight Talk and can be downloaded on popular podcast platforms. Please remember to like, click, and share our episodes. You can hear the short news tidbits of interest to seniors, their families, and the general public on my YouTube channel at Phyllis Amon Associates. When visiting the channel, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to Senior News for Today. I now have two courses which you can find on my website, www.phyllisamonassociates.com. For those listeners who feel stressed, stretched, and overwhelmed, Resilience Toolbox Secrets will help you recharge, reset, and recommit as you face life's challenges. Family members considering taking on the role of caregivers or those just beginning the caregiver journey can find valuable information on my latest course, A Caregiving Guide for Caregivers, The Basics. And look out for my new course coming soon, Coming Alive with Music and Communicating Effectively with Persons Having Dementia, who I'm proud to say I created with Dan Cohen, founder of Music and Memory and Right to Music. My latest book, Dignity and Respect, Are Our Aging Parents Getting What They Deserve, is available on Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. I'm thrilled that Dr. Bill Thomas wrote the foreword for the book, which addresses critical information about how we care for and treat our elder citizens in our families, our communities, in nursing homes, and assisted living residences. I hope you'll purchase a copy and encourage your friends and colleagues to do the same. I appreciate your support and hope you'll help spread the word on this all-important topic. Senior Straight Talk is proud of the collaborative partnership with the Pass It On Network, a global peer learning network for positive aging advocates, and a member of the United Nations Open-Ended Working Group on Aging. Seniors Straight Talk and Pass It On Network will continue bringing our listeners informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm glad to welcome our sponsor, Olive Community Services, a nonprofit organization in Fullerton, California, dedicated to providing culturally appropriate services to the diverse senior population. I'm grateful to Olive Community Services President Rubina Chaudhry and the entire team for their continued support. Before we begin, I also have to thank Peter DeGear of DeGear Therapy Services, who is a colleague and consultant specializing in rehabilitation therapy services in nursing homes. And now it's my utmost pleasure to introduce today's guest. Lori LeBay, founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, a Minnesota-based advocacy group and media outlet, creates international impact by providing much-needed education and support for those living with Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. Her passion stems from seeing her own mother struggle with dementia for 30 years. In 2011, Lori started Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, 
believed to be the first radio show in the world dedicated to dementia and a webinar series called Dementia Chats, where people living with dementia share their experiences and insights. In 2011, she launched what is believed to be the first memory cafe in Roseville, Minnesota. And in 2013, she ignited the fire behind the dementia-friendly community in collaboration with the Lutheran Home Association in Waterton, Wisconsin. She's also the founding member of the Alzheimer's and Dementia Community Action Team in Roseville, Minnesota. In 2020, I should say, uh, Lori launched Dementia Quick Tips, which she wished was available when her own mother was struggling with dementia. And she's here today to talk about her latest exciting initiative for families, caregivers, and professionals around the globe. So welcome, Lori. I mean, um, I stumbled there a bit because it's such a mouthful. You are so accomplished and such a force in this space um, that I'm sorry I stumbled there a bit, but oh, it's all good. I no, I, it's, it's interesting just to hear those things, you know, because I, I just keep kind of trying to push forward. So I really want to thank you for having me on your show today. I, I love the work that you do, and you are a, a force in and of yourself. And so it's fun to talk with like-minded people trying to make change and make the world a better place. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I feel the very same way when when you connect with people in this space that have the same passion and mine actually yours comes from your mother. Mine started with my grandmother when I was a teenager and she was moved into a nursing home near where we lived and my mother took care of her morning, noon and night. And then when my uh, parents were on vacation for a while, for about two weeks, my sister and I uh, took turns caring for her. And so that experience back in... um, when I was 15, which is a number of years ago, (laughs) um, left really an indelible mark on my mind and my heart that led me professionally to work in that space, which led me to step out of that space and um, become an advocate like you. So tell us about this initiative. I had the uh, wonderful opportunity to kind of um, see it firsthand. You kind of led me through it. Uh, You held my hand and led me through it. So I'd love you to tell the listeners about it. Well, this is Dementia Map is actually a dream of mine of 36 years. And so it's really fun to kind of birth this baby and see the reception that it's getting, not only from families, but professionals alike. And I, um, I'm working on this project with Dave Wiedrich, uh, who has the five, uh, the, the memory cafe directories for five different countries. So between the two of us, we have a, a fairly large and expansive audience. And one of our goals, uh, of course, is to get information to people in need, because uh, that was one of my biggest frustrations. <laughs> it's like, why is no one telling me where where the help is here? There's got to be more, and there's got to be other families going through what we're going through. Um, the other was to even out the playing field from the big to small companies because you know you go to Google and you get three pages of ads <laughs> and so you never see so much of what's available out there and um, little people have great ideas and have powerful resources and wonderful creativity and one isn't better than the other but I just I firmly believe families have the right to choose for themselves. Um, the other thing I found was, you know, when the diagnosis hit my mom is, you don't know what you don't know. 
So you Correct. don't even know you don't even know what to Google for. You don't know what to look for. So we wanted to have ex- expansive categories and subcategories that were easy to search. So right now we have seven main categories with um, over 150 subcategories for people to search. And you know we're growing it organically. We're not just putting people in. Um, we didn't want to be a middleman. We didn't want to slow down the process. We didn't want to suck profits mm-hmm. from the people who deserve them. Uh, we'd rather have them get those funds and be able to put it back into their business to expand. It needed to be, um, you always hear intuitive, but easy to maneuver. So mm-hmm. we don't have, uh, anybody can access the site 24-7. They don't have to sign in. They don't have to tell us who they're looking for services. Right. <laughs> they don't have to worry about being bothered because that's a huge, oh. huge, huge fear and frustration for people. Yeah, I just want to interject at that point. I I was looking for something the other day and before you know it, an ad popped up from, it doesn't matter which organization. And then before you know it, I started receiving emails asking me who I'm seeking care for. And of course that had nothing to do with, you know, the reason that I was looking uh, for the information, but it's true. You, you do have this fear. Uh, you're going to start to get bombarded. Um, and, and you don't want to be in that. We're, we're all so bombarded all the time. You don't need any extra stuff, especially when you're going through something and trying to wade through the material. Exactly. So we wanted it easy to sort. Um, but the other thing we, we really wanted to do with the resource directory was to give people different ways to search. So on the, the resource directory itself, they can search by keyword, they can search by category, they can search by location, they can just uh, search by little dots on the map, they can search by cards, and everything is really easily accessible. Um, the other area that I heard was that was really frustrating for both families and professionals was um, where can I get educational information? Right. Where do I hook up with support groups? Um, I, I don't know where to go here. So we also have an events calendar. And on the events calendar, you can scroll over that and just see you know, what's on every day. And it'll be growing as we go and you'll have to scroll per, per day. Um, Right now, everything is virtual. We know um, eventually we'll have to do a geo-search for that. But we want everything from an ice cream social to an international conference Mm. because everything has value. Even for those who have product right now that serve this market, they can't get out and show their products. So I'm encouraging people, go ahead and set up a demo because people can still connect and see and have conversation, but allow that opportunity. That's a great idea. You know, I just want to go back to something you said in the beginning, if you don't mind, um, Mm -hmm. when you talked about searching for information. It's so important and it's not like that has changed so much. That's why what you're doing is so incredibly valuable. I was talking with a fellow the other day in another part of the country who was <clears throat> who who just finished <clears throat> writing a book excuse me and part of the book is his experience with his stepdad that isn't that many years ago and it's just exactly what you say he it was a, a, a horrific experience for him as he described it trying to wade through the information to find what he needed that so what you're doing is so incredibly valuable of course 
in your case, it's targeted for people with Alzheimer's disease and dementia, but, you know, it's something to consider if there could be something like that, you know, in general, because well, it's very difficult for people. Well, and one of the things with the site, and if you if you want me to share the screen, I can kind of show people visually what it is if you, if you want to do that. Um, I don't know if you know how to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. I know how to do it, but this uh, is going to be converted to an audio, not a oh, okay. <laughs> I, okay, I, okay, okay, so sorry. Like, I do okay. know how to do that, but I'm like, wait a minute, how will that work? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, you, oh, no, you know, okay. no, listen, that's okay. We're on so many different um, platforms that you don't remember which is which anymore. <laughs> yep. So anyways, um, the it, I, I think that's a really important factor, but one of the things people have to remember is that with with dementia, it is very much like so many other diseases out there. And caregiving, you know, it overlaps. And right. so a lot of what you'll find there, you know, like we have the foot bar walker, that's for anybody with mobility issues. There's right. a, you know, a meal lift, you know, that lifts the plate and raises it for someone who is having difficulty. There, There's all different types of, of services, products, and tools. and. Um, the other thing that was really important for me in the in the resource directory was to make sure that this wasn't just professionals telling you how to live. Right. We wanted right. the voice of those with dementia. So we've got several people that are living with dementia and they have great resources, great blogs, great websites, um, great videos that can help families and also voices of care partners because they're coming at it from a different angle. And right. I don't think that we can have sustainable change unless we involve everyone so i agree yeah. so good yeah. good point um so the 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 resource directory is one part the calendar of events is a whole nother part and um you know we don't do the registration or anything we're just showing people what's available what's out there so it might be a conference it might be a demo it might be a radio show some things are free some things are for for fee you know, uh, we want you to have access and have choice and have mm -hmm. hope. Um, and then we have a blog where our members can submit articles and, and share their expertise out there. Um, but it's very, very easy to use. Um, like I said, it, there's no moving parts, there's no pop-ups. Um, you can share any page out there. So you can email it to friends or family. You can post it to Facebook. Um, all of those types of things that are important. We, we just want it to make it easy. And I guess, you know, since this has been my vision for 36 years, I mean, I know my personal story, but I've heard so many others' personal stories. And so the feedback we've been getting has just been phenomenal. And we're really looking forward to having it grow out. Yeah, well, I have to say the uh, tutorial that you gave me was it was so impressive that how easy it really is. And just some of the things you just touched on, uh, there are no pop ups. You don't have to worry about creating a password and and, uh, you know, login information. And then maybe you don't remember it or maybe the computer doesn't remember it. And then you can't, <laughs> which I'm sure we everybody has experienced. And then you can't log in or, you know, and that that creates more frustration. You're already dealing with a frustrating situation. So I think it's tremendous that it's so easy um, and, and it does have a wide range of 
services, as you say, and, and information for people. Um, I think it's great that you involved everyone, caregivers, professionals, uh, the, the people experiencing dementia and Alzheimer's disease themselves. Their stories are really, are really important stories for people to hear, to really understand what that, try and understand what that experience must be like. It's not, um, it's very difficult. I, I try um I, I, I tried in my book and I and I try in other situations um, in in this course I'm I'm writing with Dan Cohen I try to give people a visual and un, to try and understand what it's like when you can't find your words I mean we all experience that from time to time but we have confidence we're going to remember it sooner or later and what is it like if you don't know if you're ever going to remember that thing. Um, you know, I have to, I'm going to share something. I shared it with somebody yesterday for the very first time. Um, and I'm going to share it here with you and for the listeners. So I've been experiencing some things the last several months that I find disturbing. Um, you know, I have a very good memory. People know I have a good memory. And we, like I said, we all have times when we can't remember something. Um but in the last several, I say two months or so, I'm finding that some things come into my head and it's like a fleeting thought. And it leaves me and I have, don't have confidence that I'm going to remember it again. Um, sometimes I do. I don't know if it's because this whole COVID thing and I'm stressed and, you know, dealing with other issues, which could be part of it. Oh, could he sleep but I, I really don't think that's it. Um, and it, it is something that's starting to um, bother me a little bit. And until well, I would have experienced that, I wouldn't have known what that was like. Yeah, well, it's, it, and it is scary. I mean, I got, um, I'm 61 right now, and when I got divorced, I couldn't remember, and, and I was a girl that always had my tools and stuff. My hot water heater went out my brother came over to fix it and he's like, go get your plumber's wrench. So I go upstairs, you know, into my closet. I have no idea what a plumber's wrench looks like. None. And I'm digging and I'm digging and I'm digging. And I'm like, yeah, find one, you know, you gotta find one. And I had to go down to him with tears in my eyes. It still hits me with a piece of paper and a pen saying, can you draw me one? Mm. His jaw just dropped. It only happened that one time. But the feeling of that was so overwhelming. I still went up. I still couldn't find it with the picture. And he still had to well, go that's up. A, Lori, that's another issue. But, you know, <laughs> you know but, it, but you're talking about that feeling. But there, there can be so many things. It can be stress. It can be dehydration. It can yeah. be uh, lack of vitamins, lack of sleep. Um, it, it just, there are so many things that people need to weed out. Um, you know, with this whole process. So, you know, I would track that, but I would make sure that you're hydrated, really watch your sleep patterns. Um, I take, I, I take turmeric a couple times a day oh. myself. And, you know, I, I figure it can't hurt. Um, but, you know, just that emotional well-being and connectiveness, I think, I think that social connectiveness is underrated and right now that's really you know that's hit everybody really hard because people with dementia um, will tell you especially the advocates out there 
they say th this has given me purpose and they really I have not heard one that hasn't said this they feel it's fended off their decline in the progression of the disease because it's keeping them active and stuff mm -hmm. but again you've got a lot of stuff on your plate and so when you're when you're well, that, <laughs> all those balls in the air could, that could that could be i mean my head is kind of crowded as it is they say we have 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day going through our head so that subliminal tape is actually always running people aren't even aware of that um and if you're also working on many other projects, so it's true, I, I, I do believe I'm at the point that, uh, that I need an assistant, but I'm not there yet <clears throat> in other ways, but that could be part of it. But just the feeling, um, just the feeling of the fact that I had this thought, I knew what it was, and it disappeared as, as quick as I thought it, and I have no, I don't have confidence that I'll remember it again, is you know, giving me some, in, a little bit of insight into what that must be, must feel like, you know, that you're in that situation kind of like permanently and it's going to progress and, and get worse. Well, and you think of the angst that it's causing, you think of somebody dealing with that all day long. Right, right. You know, and how, how exhausting that is. I think another factor that comes into play, and no one talks about this, but as we age and as we hear more about it, we start looking for those things that we might not have noticed before, thinking, oh, well, I'm getting to be that age. It could happen. So, you know, I think we find what we're looking for. There's also, you know, been studies about, uh, and my guess is you're a multitasker like me, and I used to pride myself on being a multitasker, and they're saying that is really not good for our Correct. health. Correct. And, and, and I, so I, I, I spoke about that in my resilience course, that mm -hmm. it's not so great to be a multitasker. First of all, even though we think we're great at all these things, the reality is that we're not. So it yeah. really, if you can train yourself, um, to really, because you're not really focusing if you're if you're multitasking. So how could, your energy isn't really focused on that one task. But you know, it's something that you just said. And in this uh, course that I I wrote with uh, Dan, I had said, and tell me how you. Uh, I kind of thought of this um, acronym, and tell me what you think of it for for the person that's experiencing this. They they feel like helpless and. Um, alone, um, maybe even angry at what's happening to them, uh, lost or lonely, and like you said, exhausted. So I kind mm -hmm. of came up with this acronym, HAIL. Yep. Oh, I think, I think all those things are accurate, you yeah. know. Um, there's, there are so many, oops, there are so many different levels of, um, of emotion, you know, this whole roller coaster ride that people go on, and it's just, it's absolutely incredible. And people don't talk about it. Um, one of the, the programs that I am working on right now is about conscious, compassionate care for ourselves. Oh, well, right. And, and that is all focused on addressing our emotions and getting to the root of the problem because we don't like to have those conversations. We don't like to discuss those types of things. And yet if we don't, we can't fix them. I mean, that's just the bottom line, well, you know. Well. And so we need, to, we need to know what they are. We also need to know that all of those emotions are healthy. Correct. 
and they're normal correct and you know until they start hurting us or somebody else um but it's it's how do you get through the anger how do you get through the depression how do you get through the hurt you know mm -hmm. or the embarrassment or the you know the exhaustion how do you how do you fix those things well if, until you identify your triggers uh, you know of what's causing it and even your perceptions because we have a lot of misperceptions which we'll probably talk about in the the second half when we get into to ageism and stuff um, that all affects our outcomes yeah you know so it's it's all it's all wrapped together but I love Hale I think Hale is great Okay, then I'm sticking with it. <laughs> if you Hail say, to the chief. Yeah. <laughs> if you say it's great, then I'm stick. Then I'm sticking with it. I have it on good authority. <laughs> but um, it's interesting when you say about you know conscious, compassionate care for yourself. So the course resilience toolbox secrets. What I say is you you which is I didn't invent this phrase, but mm -hmm. you you can't you can't pour from an empty cup. Yep. So in, if you want to be able to help this person, you, you have to help yourself. You have to recognize, well, like you say, first you have to recognize that you're in this situation. Yep. And then once you recognize it, well, what tools do you have? Just like you went to this toolbox for that, mm -hmm. for that tool, um, what tools do you have in your toolbox to help you? Um, with that. And actually, what you said to me earlier, because I somebody else asked me if I'm hydrated, and I tend to drink more when I'm working outside of the home. I don't know why it just is. I'm more conscious of it. You'd think it would be the reverse. Um, so I have to make a greater effort to hydrate myself more. But that's an interesting thing when you're here by yourself and doing all of these things and you're telling this to somebody, well, maybe there are that those are tools. Hydration is a tool. Sleep is a very, very important, you know, people who pride themselves on four or five hours sleep, your body really certainly needs a certain number of hours of sleep, Lori. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm getting better at that. Cause I, I used to, I was like, I don't need that much, you know, I'm, and I would, you kind of towed around like, oh, you know, and it's just like, no, that's not good, you idiot. Right. Your body needs that time to rejuvenate. It really does need that time, even if it doesn't have to be eight, but maybe even six and a half or seven. I mean, so uh, those are all tools in the toolbox that people don't even think about. Nourishment, yeah. hydration, sleep, they are fundamental to self-care. Yep. And, and that, then again, that social engagement piece, you you need to stay connected because if we don't stay connected, we don't feel purposeful. And when we don't feel purposeful, that's when we sink down. Correct. And it's sometimes it's really hard to pull ourselves out of that spiral. And many times we don't even know we're spiraling because Correct. we're too busy being busy right. versus <laughs> listening to our own body and paying attention to ourselves. So, yeah, it's... Um, we we focus on caring for others and make that more of a priority than caring for ourselves. And uh, again, like you said, we can't be you know we can't be our best at caring for someone else when we can't even care, care for for us you know right. for for ourselves. So, so I think that's a great uh, time for us to take a break. So we'll um, take a break on Senior Straight Talk and we'll be back in a few minutes to continue this phenomenal discussion with Lori LeBay.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Rubina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3 providing support services to seniors, families, and the community. Olive's Live, Learn, and Thrive programs engage seniors physically, mentally, and socially. Rubina's passion for seniors stems from her experiences as an only child, living miles away from her aging parents who are over 90 years of age. She understands the issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org for further information. Phyllis Amon, owner of Phyllis Amon Associates, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones and coaches them to become more effective advocates. Her expertise comes from working in over 45 nursing homes. Phyllis, known for her passion, empathy, high-quality care standards, and quality life for older adults, is an experienced educator, speaker, and trainer. She's bridged the gap from healthcare to public and private sector businesses on topics from communication, caregiving, empathy, and novel approaches to team building and leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email the hosts at phyllis at seniorstraighttalk.com. Now, back to Senior Straight Talk. Welcome back to Senior Straight Talk. I'm having a phenomenal conversation with Lori LeBay about her Dementia Map Global Resource, which is really phenomenal. Lori, talked, you talked about it more in the first half in terms of, you know, what's available for families, for caregivers, for professionals, for people who are living with dementia, um, and it, how this can really be beneficial for people as they progress in this experience. Is there anything else you want to share about it? Well, I would just say, you know, with Dementia Map, um, you know, it's for people with dementia, it's for uh their families and professionals. Resources listed there, yes, some are dementia specific, but many things apply to all different types of of situations in life that we're going through. From, you know, coaches to, you know, walkers and products and, um, you know, engagement tools. So a lot of things will apply to more than just dementia as well. And getting people to understand that we are much more alike than different when it comes to caring, I think Mm -hmm. is important. Absolutely, and I think it's how we could tie this into something that's important for discussions about people as they age and experiences that they have, whether it's dementia or anything else that uh, things progress, things progress in dementia, things progress in our lives, and things progress as we continue to advance in our years. And um, I think that people, people don't think about what the possibilities are, not only if you don't have something like dementia, but even if you do. Yep. Yeah, exactly. what do you think about that? No, I think I think that's really true. I I I just think we need to share our resources uh, in our stories 
more. I think we have to get back to the root of who we are authentically and not not apologize for uh, emotions that we're feeling, not feeling we have to meet standards of others, but you know what resonates with us, what gives us comfort, what gives us joy, what brings us support, and how can we best serve others? Um, taking a deep look at that, and I, and I think when we do that, we become a better person and we become a better society as a whole. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. People, I think when they have a, a, a diagnosis like dementia or Alzheimer's disease, think of it sometimes as an end point. And I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit because you lived taking care of your mother for so many years. It's, it's not an end. Um, and, and we could tie that into a discussion about ageism and how people view advancing in years, getting older, and how they view that when they have a diagnosis such as dementia or Alzheimer's disease for themselves or someone in their family. Sure. Well, first of all, you know, it was always pitched as something to be fearful of, mm -hmm. because that's how we raise money, especially here in the U.S. We scare the bejesus out of people and say, you know, send your money here and we'll fix it. And um, it still hasn't been fixed and probably won't be for many years, though we're making good progress on that. Um, people, part of it also is how it has been pitched as an old person's disease. Mm. Well, there are many people in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s getting diagnosed, or even children that are getting dementia. Mm. And so, um, and not that that's, that there's a high number of children, but there are definitely documented, um, several do documented cases, especially over in Europe. We hear of it probably a little bit more than here in the U.S. Um, so some of it is cha changing the face of what this is. Um, some of it is changing how doctors deliver <laughs> the news mm. because they, you know, they give you the diagnosis, they give you a medication, they always set up another appointment, and on your way out the door, they're like, and you better start preparing for the end. Get those, get that paperwork in order. Well, not a real uplifting, hopeful, you know, type push. So. Um, but part of that is because doctors aren't educated in this process as well as they should be. They don't have the resources, um, which we're hoping Dementia Map will help them with. And, um, you know, they were, they were telling everybody, you know, you, you'll be lucky if you have seven years. Mm. Now, if we, if we would have taken that attitude, if we would have lived our life as a family like that, we would have been saying goodbye to my mom for 30 years. Oh my goodness. Like, well, what's taking you so long? You know, <laughs> this, this isn't supposed to last this long. And I mean, people, people have actually said that to me. Oh my gosh, that's a long time. Well, you know what? We had a lot of great years. The last four, she was in her end stages and, you know, really couldn't communicate and couldn't do things for herself. But, you know, prior to that, you know, she really had a good life and, she taught me during those end stages the depth of a relationship that I, I didn't even know existed. I mean, it became a spiritual thing, um, really. I, the levels of connection I didn't even know existed. So there's so much to learn through the journey and knowing that if you have dementia or any other uh, disease, None of us know how long any of us have. And, you know, I could hear the news that, you know, my best friends got to mention be all sad and go walk out into the street and get hit by a bus. I mean, right. I don't 
I don't, you know, we just, we just don't know. So we have to learn to appreciate what we have in life. I think that something you just said about the depth of the connection that people sometimes don't realize that people who have dementia, even if their memory is fading and they have difficulty communicating, they don't remember words or events or names of people. They, by the way, they may know the relationship, but they may not know the person's name. Now that may change over time also, but people remember how they feel. That's something that remains. Maya Angelou said, uh, people don't necessarily remember what you said. They don't remember necessarily your words, but they remember how you made them feel. So I think it's so poignant that you said this about the depth of connection, because that's what really keeps the relationship enduring. And I think people don't realize that because the person may not remember who they are, remember their name. Uh, they feel like there's no connection there, but there is. There, well, there is. For me with my mom, one of the safest places I could go was to her. Cause she, you know, she got to the point in life where she didn't judge. Mm -hmm. She just accepted you for who you were, what you were. And we could sit in silence and um, hold hands or, or not touch at all. And it was just peaceful. It was, it was, there was just this resonance um, that was just absolutely incredible. And I think we, we forget about the beauty of quiet, mm -hmm. of just, you know, uh, just feeling peaceful. Uh, one of the things that I, I uh, tell people when I'm doing training is, uh, you know, one of the biggest complaints <laughs> that care partners have is, oh, they're sundowning and they just follow me around. And, you know, I just, I, I can't even go to the bathroom. It's kind of like having a toddler again. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I get that. I've been there. I know how frustrating that is. You just, you really would just like a couple minutes of privacy uh, in alone time. But if we can flip it about not being about our needs mm -hmm. and realizing it's their needs and why they are so close, you know, like if you stop, they'll walk into you it, because, you know, they're just, they're just that close. They're shadowing you. And put it like, um, put it in the mind frame of when a young child has a little security blanket and they ha no matter what they do, they can't go to sleep if they don't have that security blanket or that little bunny or whatever the heck it is that just gives them that comfort. You are that for that person. I love what, it. What an honor mm. that is to be able to give somebody that peace. And when you put it in that perspective, it just doesn't grind on your nerves because you're looking at it totally differently. So it's so interesting to me that you use that analogy because I've used the analogy of a child many times. And every time I do, I say, I'm not saying that this person is a child. This is an adult who lived their lives, who had rich experiences and depth of experiences. But if you think of it metaphorically and just going back to touching, when you have a child or an infant that's born, what is, the, what is the connection that you have? It's touching, it's hugging, it's smiling, it's um, swathing, right? Mm -hmm. So this person is actually regressing in a, to that stage. 
And Mm -hmm. so I'm glad you brought it up that way. If you can think of it that way and put it in that context that that could possibly help you understand and deal with whatever stage that is that the person is at. Yeah. Well, in knowing that even the tone of our voice can be calming and and understanding like when we get rattled, they get rattled. Right. Now, they were fine before we came in the room, you know, all <laughs> and and yet we all lovely and happy and excited and they're right. Yeah, or, or or they could be totally content and we come in and we're nervous or we're angry or we're upset over something else that's going on in our life and we bring that in through our body language, through our tone. They pick it up, they mirror it back. Now we blame them in the disease. No, they were fine before we came in, you know, because mirroring is, mirroring is real. The other thing that I think is important too is we are a society that judges and this used to make me so mad my mom and i had a had a pattern so i would come and see her and and um we would have sayings when i'd come and when i'd go and when i'd go you know we'd, we'd say after a while crocodile oh, and, I and i would get people that said that's belittling she's not a child and, and I, I, one day I just, I snapped at, uh, it was a staff member when she was living in a nursing home. And I'm like, don't you dare judge us. Look at my mom's smile. She is peaceful. She is happy. This is something her mom said to her. She said to me, this is ingrained. This is comfort. Don't you dare. Don't you dare tell me I'm treating her like a child. I am treating her like a daughter who loves her. Oh, good for you. Right. And they just, you know, but it, but it's, it, it's important. I, everyone gets so goofy about, about, oh, don't treat them like a child. My mom wanted to watch my daughter, for example. And uh, my husband and I were a little nervous. You know, she was in the earlier stages, um, but still nervous about her watching Danielle alone. And we decided for a couple of hours, I'd drop off some McDonald's or pizza or whatever for him so she didn't have to cook. And I would come to pick my daughter up. And my mom and my daughter were sitting at the, at the table coloring. And they both held up their photos, you know, their pictures. You couldn't tell who was prouder. Right. My mom was so joyful and so engaged with my daughter and, you know, and my four-year-old daughter was engaged with her and they were like two peas in a pod having a great time. You know, being able to see as someone's disease progresses, um, allowing, allowing um, you in to see them as a child, that's a gift mm-hmm. to, see, to see that pure joy. You know, and, and people poo-poo it, and it's like, that's incredible. That is, that is amazing you know, to be able to see that. You know, it's something just struck me uh, by what you just said, which is, in a way, you, you get a chance to see your parent as they were before they were your parent. It just struck me that way. That's actually kind of an incredible thing. Oh, it is. It, it, it really, it really is. And to see, 
um, to see that innocence and that joy or or even that hurt you know when when things aren't right that that level of pain that a, that a small child you know their small child doesn't know anyone's judging them they haven't been told to put it in a box right. <laughs> you know, and, and don't let that out you're not supposed to show that stuff um, to see somebody at their raw authentic self is such an honor it, it's it's quite beautiful and it's quite powerful too because so many of us don't show people our real authentic self and we've talked about this before about how you, when you advance in age you have a wonderful opportunity to really be more of your authentic self without anybody judging you or or caring that they're judging or you. Or fearing that they're <laughs> judging you or caring about whether or not they judge you because you've reached this other stage in life. And here's a person who has a disease process that is allowing them to be in that space without having to go through that or consciously think about, gee, I don't care what people think anymore. And I've kind of earned this right because you've lived a certain number of years and you should be able to make observations, not saying hurt people, but make observations that are real and authentic because you've lived a life of experiences and you've, I earned this right. I, I met somebody years ago who told me that and I understand it now. You kind of earned this right to do this. And then people look at you a certain way, but when a person has dementia, they don't have to think about that they've earned this right. It's natural, it's real, it's authentic. Uh, it's really, like you say, quite a beautiful thing. Yeah, they're not wavering of, should I do this or shouldn't no. I do that? And and I think that's one of the beautiful things of, of aging is we can see from past experiences the damage that has been done to ourselves and to others by not being authentic. You know, I mean, um, miscommunication, I mean, all kinds of things, direction of your life, um, having less control because you think you're in control, but really you're staging it for somebody else instead of yourself. So mm -hmm. you're appearing to have this perfect life and be happy. Um, but internally, that's not how you feel a lot of times. And so I, I think it's really a, a, an important phase to enter and to allow yourself to experience that freedom because there's nothing, um, there, to me, there's nothing more calming than to feeling free to be who you are mm -hmm. and, and to release that everyone's got a right to their opinion. And I don't, just because they say I'm this doesn't make me that. Right. I, I, I agree. And I, I hope that having this conversation and thinking about ageism, which really has a lot to do with not only how we care and treat older people, but how we think about ourselves as we advance in years, that it, it's, it's kind of... To, to me, like a foundational pillar to the whole issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if we can free ourselves from that, to embrace the fact that we've reached this stage in our lives and uh, we can do 
what we want to do. We don't have to be pigeonholed. We don't have to live according to what other people think we should have done or what we were doing because we had other people in our lives telling us to do those things or we had responsibilities. So we had to do certain things. But now there's a freedom in this. And if people can embrace that, the possibilities are endless. That's why AARP uh, has now embraced the RP to mean real possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, I think I had mentioned this to you offline, but um, Richard Morgan is in his 90s and he's just releasing a book now called Light of Setting Suns. And he is a, um, a chaplain, a retired teacher, an author. He's written like 20 books, um, but just a brilliant brilliant soul with with wonderful wonderful insights and he just has such a a positive view on aging and in you know and he's honest he's like you know yeah my body's not what it used to be and it's not perfect and i have to deal with other things but i can still be involved and active and and a participant of this life and um and make a difference and i i, I just i could talk with him all day long um, and, you know, I think we need to hear more of those voices and we have to value the wisdom and the insights and we, we have to give them a platform, you know, kind of like with, with uh, Alzheimer's Speaks, with, with my company, it was all about giving voice to mm -hmm. people to have this conversation and you need to pull in all players at all levels in order to, to really make, I believe, sustainable change. So that includes children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and um, spouses and friends and medical professionals and you know, whatever. It's, it's about, you know, how do we as a community support aging? Because we're all getting older. I mean, no. this is kind of asinine. We're not dealing with this in a realistic fashion. And, and, and what's, the, what's the alternative? If a person passes away at an earlier age, we say that they haven't fulfilled their life. They haven't lived to a certain a year so that they could have really experienced life in its fullest way, maybe for themselves, for their family. So, And then the, the reverse of that, or almost counterintuitively, when a person does live to advanced years, then we're like, oh, they're over the hill, they're, they've retired, and the word retire, I'm not thrilled with. Uh, it has this connotation that you're finished with life, that you're finished with being productive, and kind of society has written you off. It came about for different reasons, but the connotation is not a good one. And I think people internalize that. Yeah. And that's part of a problem. And you are so the antithesis of that because you're creating. And uh, we talked about this earlier that the, the, um, the uh, dementia map has been a lifelong dream of yours for like 36 years. And people can always revisit uh, passions they had, dreams they had, goals they had at a different stage in life. And and fulfill them, that there are no limitations really. And if society tells you you shouldn't do that anymore or you can't do that anymore, well, that's on them and society. If you embrace it differently for yourself, you know, go ahead and you're such a great example and inspiration for that. 
Well, thank you. You know, one thing I want to mention is you had mentioned about somebody passing early and how we look at that and how they didn't fulfill their life, you know, journey and stuff. But the other, the other lesson from that we should be taking is what the heck are we doing with our own life? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that stays with maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, and then people go back to what they were doing, but they don't continue to truly change and embrace life or be their authentic self or um, start realizing some of their dreams, it, even even reflecting on what the heck are they? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what can I contribute? What is important to me as a legacy piece, you know, to make the world better? And it doesn't have to be big. You know, it, it might be something small that's going to affect one person. Mm-hmm. But one person makes a difference because everything we do has a ripple effect. And I think there's there's just so much beauty in learning through other people's stories and journeys and, you know, applying that however, however to your own life because we have much more in common than we are different. Absolutely. And you mentioned something earlier when we were talking about suggesting that people every five years look back at maybe who they've met, what has been important to them. And I mentioned to you this book, The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Rich Album, uh, by Mitch Album, and how pivotal that book was for me because we don't realize sometimes who we've met along the way that maybe has been an inspiration to us or what was the reason that we we met them and and what can we draw from that or maybe there was something some passion that we learned about ourselves through that person and if people go back and reflect especially when they get to a certain stage in life they may find the roots of things that that they can pursue and enjoy as they continue in their years. Yep. Which is which is so important because we we forget about our past. We kind of squish it down especially in this fast-paced society. You know, we we get so wrapped up in today and tomorrow and and yet we want to hold tight to our memories especially when dementia, you know, hits your family. It, it, it's 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 kind of an, it's kind of amazing the creatures that we are and what we do and what we don't do in terms of fulfilling our own our own life and um, it, it, you know instead of sometimes I think we're kind of like the Stepford wives you know mm-hmm. we just put on that smile right right, on right through nobody knows what's going on behind these doors or in my mind or whatever right. it might be. Um, and it's okay to be authentic. I think it's, uh, I, there's nothing more that I enjoy as being around people who are willing to cry and get mad and, and be happy and just give me all of themselves, right. you know, with, without, without being staged, without, uh, because to me, if I can make somebody feel that comfortable, you know, I'm giving them that gift, and then they're giving me their gift back. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think the more we can do that for others, the more people will hopefully embrace that and understand that, help them look inside themselves and find the places inside themselves for their own authentic self that they could they can start to live out. 
so to speak, or put into motion for their lives. Well, and a, a good example is just even becoming a grandparent. You know, I and I I think of myself when I was a mom, and every everything was you know just um, so massive and so heavy, and you wanted to do everything correct. And I remember clipping my daughter's <laughs> nails, and I and I nicked her, and she was bleeding. Oh my gosh! I mean, I was like hysterical. <laughs> and my, and, and then, you know, couldn't stop the couldn't stop the bleeding. And, oh, I can't do anything right. I'm a horrible mother. I hurt my child. You know, and my mom's like, Lori, really, calm down. It's okay. We all do it. You know, <laughs> this is not going to be the first time you see blood from your child. Right. And she'll. And you know, my mother used to have an expression about certain things, especially when it, when my daughter cried, or, or I remember her telling it to my sister. She was seven years older than I was, and so she had children a lot earlier. And she would say, "They'll get over it before they get married. Don't worry about it." <laughs> well, and that's so true. Or looking at um, things that really are upsetting to my daughter in terms of, you know, it's got to be this way, you know, this way or the highway, everything's got to be so detailed. And I'm sure she got that from me. And as a grandparent, I'm like, yeah, it's just not a big deal. Right. In the, in the scheme of life, this is so minute. And yet I know I, I dealt with it exactly the same way my daughter is, you know, every, everything cannot have this level of importance mm-hmm. right you know? and and again it's about it's about that whole reaching perfection instead of moving forward with progress mm-hmm. and kindness um, and and resolve that you know your relationship is the most critical thing it's not necessarily how clean the house is at any given point <laughs> and yet I was referred to as a white tornado when I was younger. Look out! Coming through. Somehow, Lori, I could see that, but I think that. But guess what? I think that that has served you well. Okay, you have harnessed that power, and you have put that into your passion and your work that you're bringing to the world. And when you said that, it reminds me because. People used to say about me, oh, you're not, I'm not comparing myself to you, don't get me wrong, but you're, you're, you're no walk in the park. And I realize now, all these years later, that that wasn't such a terrible thing because all the fighting that I did in every nursing home and advocating for better care and better quality of life, and now I've taken that to a larger stage. So I'm now, so it's, Interesting what we're talking about in terms of passion and and embracing certain things as you get older and pursuing different avenues that you can look back inside yourself and see traits that that maybe other people described in a negative way or maybe even you described negatively but look how we've harnessed it and you especially I mean you're a true inspiration you've been an inspiration to me so I think uh, these are valuable um, hopefully these are valuable ideas for people to listen to and maybe they could it can help them in their own lives. Yeah, well, I I think of when you when you talk about different perspectives. I remember having a conversation with my brothers and sharing some stories with them, and uh, they were like, "Well, where'd you get those stories?" And I'm like, "Well, I was I was there," 
And I realized that they weren't there and mm. they didn't have a lot of these beautiful stories that I had about, about my parents. But through that conversation, we got talking a little bit more about why they, why they weren't around. And they're like, well, you know, you're kind of a control freak. <laughs> no, 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 I am organized. I am, <laughs> no, I am organized. And so then we, you know, we went down a little further with that. And, you know, they were using the control freak as, well, that's why they didn't come around. And uh -huh. yet they loved that I was organized and in charge so they didn't have to Hi. deal with it. Right, right, right. And, and, and so I, you know, I said, well, you know, you could have brought that up earlier for us to get to the heart of the matter, uh, you know, to be involved. I said, I'll take some responsibility, but I am not taking it all. You right, know, this right. is a, in, in, and people have to have those uncomfortable conversations. I mean, we laugh about it now and I'll, I'll never change their mind, you know, on, on who I am and why I do what I do. But I know for some people, um, you know, see me as intimidating because I just, I do, I just push through. I didn't push through because I believe we can do better. Right. I, I, I believe every single person in this world has the power to make significant difference if they choose to do that. I, I agree with you 100%, but I, there's something also that you touched on that we haven't touched on and maybe we'll have another conversation about it another time because there are difficult family dynamics in these situations as well. And, um, but that's a conversation for, for another time that I think is another important conversation to have because there are many people that are experiencing that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and how, do you, how do you work as a team? How do you, in some families you're never gonna be able to pull together depending on the dynamics, but, but many can work through it, but they need help in terms of how, and everybody's view needs to be not only um, respected, but it needs to, before you can respect it, you have to understand it. Absolutely, right. And that also goes back to being conscious of yourself and looking inside yourself. And we touched on it. Like I said, maybe that's a conversation for another time. I think, I think we've come to the end, but I have to thank you, Lori, for your, for your dynamism and your, your force to be reckoned with and your inspiration and control freak or not, your energy that, and passion that you're bringing to the world to help so many people, it's invaluable. And I'm sure people listening will find dementia um, map and everything that's on that, that resource valuable. Caregivers, families, professionals, and people that living with dementia. So I, I thank you again, Lori. It's just been terrific. It's always fun. Uh, it's always fun talking with you. Um, liked mind people. I, you know, we could talk for days. Yeah, <laughs> and, and not run out of a topic. Uh, absolutely. I don't think the listeners want to listen for days, but <laughs> we'll possibly do it another time. So for uh, for now, please join us for our next episode on Senior Straight Talk for more informative conversations for the senior years of your lives. I'm Phyllis Amon signing off. Please remember to like, click, and share our episodes. And until next time, stay safe, stay well, and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Senior Straight Talk. Join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry, again soon for another episode on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platforms. 